today on Commitment to Truth. When a believer is ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it still denies today the Christ who lives within you. A follower of Jesus Christ must get to a point that they say, you know, others may, but I may not. It's always a choice for a follower of Jesus Christ to say, you know, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because others may do that, but I may not. Others may be able to have the privilege to get away with it. Others may be able to do this or that. When we make the decision to just blend in with whatever else someone does, it simply says, I'm ashamed of the cross of Christ. Welcome to Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Each week, Pastor Cedric Brown and the pastoral team at Commitment Church strive to draw you into a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Cedric, lead pastor of Commitment Church, with today's message. All right, we are starting a new sermon series I've entitled for you, Refreshing, Refreshing. And it is what we need and it is what we should do. So it is something that is reciprocal, right? It is something that you need and is also something that we should be giving each other. Make sense? Uh, so the purpose is this, to encourage the body of Christ to learn how to actively provide refreshment to one another. To encourage the body of Christ to uh, be able to actively provide refreshment to one another. Now here's the key verse that's found in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. Right, it says this. The Lord grant mercy to the house of Anasiphorus, Anasiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he was in Rome, he eagerly searched for me and found me. The Lord grant to him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you know very well what services he rendered at Ephesus. Now, understand the context of this. The context is simply this, is that Paul was imprisoned in a Roman prisoner. Uh, this is the time that uh, it was, um, Nero was a tyrant and Nero was pretty much out to kill uh, many Christians or all Christians and really set them up for failure. Paul inevitably was gonna die only a few years later, behead, being beheaded. And he's writing a second letter to his son, Timothy, simply saying these words, is that um, this guy with this unique name, which we're going to understand what it meant, is been here often, frequently coming to me to refresh me at my lowest point. When life is getting very tough, after he has poured out himself in the lives of so many people, meaning Paul, he's now needing what? refreshment. So when you look at the text here, it's important to look at it from a couple of lenses. One, look at it from the standpoint of here's this guy who was poured out his life, meaning Paul, and then now into life of so many people, refreshing so many people. He now needs what? Reciprocating refreshment. He now needs someone to do what? Refresh me. Make sense? But then look at it from the other side, meaning here's Paul admonishing his son Timothy with these words. And when you look at the text, it's always important to, if you would, allow yourself to say, well, if I was Paul and I'm in prison, I know I'm about to be beheaded, I would definitely need somebody to do what? Encourage me, right? Or if I'm Timothy and I'm receiving this letter, I'm now hearing my, my mentor saying, hey, this encouragement and this refreshment is super important to do. 
So what you find here, I think, as we examine the scriptures, you see the need to allow others to do what? Refresh you, right? Allow people close enough to refresh you, but then also run and frequently do what? Refresh others. So again, it should be going both ways. The willingness to be refreshed and allowing people to get close enough to refresh you, right? And no matter what moment you're in, especially during your most difficult times, but then allowing someone else to do what? Refresh you. Now, here's the interesting part of the definition of anasurus. You know what I mean? Anasurus is name. It means this, to bring profit. Doesn't mean to bring wealth or anything like that, but to be refreshed is profitable. Right? To be refreshed by the words and the visitation of someone is, is profitable. Matter of fact, if you tie in the, the book of Job, remember Job's friends came by in his most difficult time of life. And if you look at the history of what the Jewish culture uh, suggested to do when someone is going through a difficult time in life, it is something called sitting shiva. In other words, just sitting with a person. Don't say a word. Keep your mouth closed, which Joe's friends didn't do, right? But just sit there and be with someone. In other words, it's not the time to be, right? It's not the time for you to be quoting scriptures back and forth. It's time for you to be living the scripture, right? Loving them through the text, through your life, rather than quoting chapter and verses and etc. Why are you locked up in prison, Paul? Well, you must have been sin, Paul. You must have disobeyed God, right, Paul? Because the text says, right? Be not deceived. God is not marked. What you sow, you're going to reap. So you must have did something wrong, right, Paul? Versus sit with Paul, sit with you, sit with a brother, and just be there and provide refreshment for their soul just because you're there. Make sense? So that being said... Two key words we find in this, these verses is the, the word refreshed, and we're going to report back to it over and over again. The word refreshed means this, to cool off. You know, life gets hot, right? Cool off. It also means recover from the effects of the heat. It means to refresh one's spirit. So you have this connotation of there's this external physical refreshment, but also this what? This internal refreshment that we all need refreshment on the inside, refreshment also on the outside. It also means to recover breath. and uh, also means to revive and to refresh oneself. Again, the key, second key word is often. So this is frequently, it's not a one and done. Right? Well, I visited him one time and I did my Christian deed. No, I called him one time and I texted him one time and that's it. No, many times God will call us to refresh each other seasonally Often, over and over and over and over again, sometimes it is your and our, our responsibility to refresh each other ongoingly, right, until that person is revived. Makes sense. Until that person is refreshed completely. So again, refreshed and do it oftenly. And, and what we have here is Paul, again, giving us this clarity that, hey, I did it to you, Timothy, right? This other guy's doing it towards me. Hey, Timothy, please understand this is the way how a believer in Jesus Christ should conduct themselves, especially during these times of necessary refreshment. 
The opposite of refreshment is this. Depression, destroying, damaging, hurting, discouraging, breaking. This should never be what occurs in a church. It should never be in a body of Christ that that person always discourages me. That being around that person just decays and destroys and damage and hurts and, dis- and discourages me. It should never be that way. So as we head into this series, it's important to really examine your life and say, well, Am I discouraging, damaging, frustrating people? But we should, on the other hand, bringing this cooling off, this recovery, this fresh breath, this feeling of being revived and refreshed when we're together. Lastly, in this series, we're going to just answer two basic questions. The first question is this, what's not refreshing? What's not refreshing? And every week we're going to cover these two questions. What's not refreshing? And secondly, well, then on the other hand, how can we then refresh? What does the text say about how we refreshing should be looking and we should be uh, implementing? Now, here's a bonus. A bonus is on the 19th, my beautiful wife of 35 years, we're going to do a, a, a Valentine message as we normally do. And we're going we're gonna to also deal with the refreshing context of marriage. How should a husband be refreshing his wife? How should a wife be refreshing um, her husband? And, and again, how should a refreshing marriage look? Okay, make sense? So let's dive into this. Open your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 1 through 12, and we're going to then answer the question, what does not refresh us? What does not refresh us? So it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you even as I recall your tears so that I may be filled with joy. Now, again, remember the context? Paul is where? In a Roman prison. And he's communicating affectionately to his son. It's like, I miss you, love to see you, not even thinking about himself. But it gets better. Verse 5, it says, For I am mindful of this sincere faith within you, which first dwelled in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of hands on hands. Verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but power, love, and a sound mind. In other words, listen. My son, Timothy, please understand, no matter how bad it looks for me, don't you grow weak and weary. Because God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of love, power. I like what the King James says, and a sound mind. 
So yes, you can look at me from the outside and it looks like things are bad right now, but no, no. Pick yourself up by your bootstraps and understand that. Listen to what he goes on to say. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord or of me, his prisoners, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted to us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. But as now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life, immortality to light through the gospel for which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher. For this reason, I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to protect what I have entrusted to him until the, that day. You hear the confidence? It's like no matter what's going on with me, I know to whom I belong. But yet, I still need refreshing. I mean, in the midst of it all, he's still remaining true to the gospel of Jesus Christ. But yet his humanity says, but I'm so thankful for this guy with this peculiar name to swing by frequently to refresh me. No matter if I was able and privileged to pin over two-thirds of what will be called the New Testament later on, I still need refreshing. So do you hear almost like what Paul is telling Timothy? If I need it, chances are, Timothy, you're going to need it one day. If I need it and you need it one day, well, Timothy, please make sure you preach this to the people you serve to make sure they will also need it one day too. A church should be a time and a place of refreshing. And we're going to learn, listen, it's not, it's not always looking pretty and feeling pretty. But at the end game, we should all be refreshed. Amen. What does not refresh us? We find the first in um, first part of verse eight. Do not be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. One of the m most discouraging, frustrating degrading experiences in the body of Christ is when a believer is ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. How does this look? The word ashamed uh, defined by Marion Wester is this, a feeling of shame, guilt, or distress, or disgrace. The word witness means this, uh, excuse me, the word testimony means witness. So, so are we feeling ashamed, guilty, and there's this disgrace when it comes to the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, the finished work of Jesus Christ. Now, the tricky part of this is that someone can come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior and say, well, no, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of him, but let's look deeper. The ashamedness of the gospel of Jesus Christ 
the way it looked then still looks the same today. Look with me to Matthew chapter 26, verses 69 through 74. And as I read it, you're going to know exactly what this is all about. It says, now Peter was sitting outside in the courthouse courtyard and a slave woman came to him and said, you too were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all saying, I don't know what you're talking about. When he had gone out to the gateway, another slave woman saw him and said to those who were there, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. A little later, the bystander came up and said to Peter, you really are one of them as well, since even the way you talk gives you away. Has anyone said that to you? There's just something about you that's different. And he says, he began to curse and swear. In other words, I'm going to change the way I even speak to disassociate myself with the one who's about to die for me. I don't know this man. So this is how it looks to you and I. I affectionately call it chameleon Christianity. Who you hang around is who you start acting like. You just blend in with the crowd. That's what Peter was trying to do. He was just like, no, no, no. Matter of fact, I'm going to go to such an extreme. I'm going to start cursing and swearing to make sure there's a delineation between Christ and me. That happens so many times within the body of Christ. Is that no, 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 you, you, I'm, no I'm not a Christian. No, no, I'm not a Christian. I, uh, no. What's that you're listening to? Oh, no, no. Let me turn the channel. So this is how we deny them, right? You have that cousin who's just out there, and now you're in a car, right? And now your station before your cousin got in the car was all Christian, all, your, your, right? Your whole playlist was about Jesus. But then your, your, your crazy cousin get in the car, right? And the first thing you do is change the music. <laughs> or it looks like this. Um, everyone starts coming to late to work. Um, you punch in the right time. And then everyone around you presses you and says, oh, why are you doing that? You can get us all in trouble. And then you say, okay, well, let me, let me, let me finagle the time as well so we could all like blend in and not get in trouble. Or it's this way. Um, others may, but I may not. That's always a choice. It's always a choice for a follower of Jesus Christ to say, you know, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because others may do that, but I may not. Others may be able to have the privilege to get away with it. Others may be able to do this or that. Just, just whatever you want to imagine, whatever you're up against, a follower of Jesus Christ must get to a point that they say, you know, others may, but I may not. You see, here's the challenge. When a believer is ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it still denies today the Christ who lives within you. 
I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, it's not I who live, but it's Christ who lives where? And it's life that I now live, I live by, the, by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his very life for me. When we make the decision to just blend in with whatever else someone does, it simply says, I'm ashamed of the cross of Christ. Being ashamed of the gospel still says today, church, being ashamed of the gospel today still says, I don't know that man. It still says today, I don't know him. But when you're willing to say yes, the way I walk, the way I talk, the way I act, the decisions be behind closed doors, the decisions in public, all of it looks like him, walks like him, talks like him, smells like him. It ultimately says I'm identified with him. And it says to you and I that, and it says to him specifically that I'm not ashamed of you. Hello, my name is Sarah Vega, and I am the Administrative and Executive Director here at Commitment Church. I hope you've enjoyed today's message by Pastor Cedric Brown. If you didn't know, Pastor Cedric also sends out encouraging videos weekly. We call these the Weekly Wire. We can send these encouraging videos directly to you by subscribing at www.loveallnations.org. Here's an example of the encouragement you'll receive. Today, more than ever, the world in which we live in need to see Jesus. It's like Peter and John when they were being persecuted for their faith as they were uh, preaching the gospel in the first century church, that the onlookers were simply saying this, that they are uneducated, unlearned guys, but there's something peculiar about them, and it is they have been with Jesus. Today, as people look at you, as this world looks at you, as society looks at you from the outside in, looks at us, followers of Jesus Christ from the outside in, can they see Jesus? In other words, can they distinctively tell that we have been with Jesus? Listen, I challenge you today, church, is to become a person. We must become a people that don't have to say that we have been with Jesus, that people can ultimately look at us and say, wow, that man, that woman, that boy, that girl has been with Jesus. Today, maybe you're struggling uh, to be identified with Jesus because you feel that you're unlearned, untrained. It doesn't make a difference. Spend time with Jesus in prayer and his word. Make sure the word of God goes from your head to the heart because there's some of us today who know the word in their head, but has not yet reached their hearts. We hope you enjoyed the sample of our Weekly Wire. Again, to subscribe to your weekly inspiration, refreshment, and encouragement, please visit www.loveallnations.org. Thank you again for listening to our series from Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. If you want to listen to the previous messages in this series, or if you want to hear messages from other series, visit Commitment Church on YouTube or Pastor Cedric Brown on Spotify, Pandora, or other podcast providers. You can also visit us on our website, commitmentchurch.org. 
And if you live in the Philadelphia, Delaware, or South Jersey area, we would love to see you in person as well. You can attend any of our services by visiting us at 2 Berlin Road South, Lindenwald, New Jersey, 08021. Thank you again for listening, and have a blessed and wonderful day.